everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I am Catherine Druckmann. And joining me today is Doc Searles, who is Howdy. always <laughs> joining us, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I know. We're lucky enough to have him show up we're every sh- single week. It's great. Uh, and today we're actually on our own. We don't have a guest, which is kind of fun. So we get yeah. to talk about whatever we want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and whoever we want, because we do. Whoever we want, yeah. Because they're not here. They're not here. <laughs> Uh, who do we go yeah. for first? Petro? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so before we get started, though, I feel like I need to plug the newsletter yet again. Um, you can find that on our website, which is reality2cast.com. Uh, every week we send out a pretty short email, actually. I try to not take up too much of everyone's time, but we like to send you out a few links and, and something to think about when you're lead, uh, listening to the podcast episodes. So you can sign up for that there. And, uh, oh yeah, we have a swag store. So <laughs> I actually just bought myself a mug that I, I designed and I'm pretty excited when it gets Do you know, for a while there was a, there was actually a choice between whether to call it swag or swag. And swag so with one of the, them weed. Was sh- swag, <laughs> swag sounded Yiddish, sort of like the Shmata business. And, oh. but it's, um, and actually, I remember looking it up. I may have even put it in an LJ index a long time ago of how many results for both. And swag actually outproduced swag for a long time. But then it, but then it faded and it became yeah. just swag. So there you go. I think I prefer swag. It's easier to pronounce for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, so there's a lot going on this week. So, you know, I don't, yeah. don't think we have any shortage of topics here. Um, the the big one, of course, is the is the the congressional hearings where they've they've brought forward uh, representatives from Facebook and Twitter and Google to ask specifically. That sounded like I just said specifically. I feel like I have to say that over again because I don't want to be that person who says specifically. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to specifically ask these representatives about their responsibility in uh, disseminating misinformation and various disinformation campaigns so that's that's a big one that's interesting and then we have a few other things going on like i, I feel like we can't not talk about that boat in the suez canal like how can we yeah I mean, that's uh, that's too interesting and uh, i know i mean we're not going to get any but, evergreen con- maybe that yeah. is evergreen content because apparently evergreen well is evergreen is the, the company the, the, the company the side of the boat and yeah the, and the i think it is boat. evergreen I, no, I'm, it's you ever know, it's given. Been... Ever given is the name of the. No, boat. yeah, yeah, no, but I mean evergreen content, and that, oh, and wait, that, no, that it is, never gets old. Like that, I can. That is going I'm to be green for a long time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and uh, who knows when it'll ever get uh, out of the canal? <laughs> a, a, a stuck boat is much more interesting as a topic than container cargo. As soon as you say yes. container cargo, you have two words. Yeah, that that's not <laughs> so, interesting. <laughs> so yeah, that's not interesting. Though, since you brought it up, we might as well go to that one first. To me, when I look at it, uh, I mean, I think anybody that knows anything about boats, and actually, when you look at that canal, it the channel is very, very narrow in the middle of it, and it looks like it's just kind of a beach on each side, and and it's barely wider than the boat to begin with. And so, um, you know, you get the nose of that thing stuck, and the whole rest of it, um, you know, pitches sideways, kind of pivots sideways, but the the interesting thing to me about it is the only obvious way in terms of the physics involved is to, is to get the get cargo off the boat, you know, float the boat. I mean, you know, get, get the boat to not sit so deep in the water and it'll be easier to dislodge. 
and I can when I look all around that, I, I go on Google Maps and I uh, and 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 or Google Earth is actually better. And you kind of look around and see, would it even be possible to get a crane in there to take the cargo off that boat when you've got what looks like farmland or residential stuff on both sides and no way or, or, or sand on one side, just pure desert, but looks pretty soft to me. Like, how do you how would you get anything in there that could have an angle to offload containers and then load them back on again. There's a lot That's of containers on that boat. So I don't, I think it's, I, I hope it, I really do hope they get it out, but it really well, looks for all of us, I mean... A lot of boats supposedly are like, I guess, gassing up and then going around the horn of Africa, which is the long way around, which has got to be Yes, they are. They're going around the, the Cape of Good Hope. Yeah. You know, old school, uh, you know, 17th or, or sorry, it's 18th, early, early 19th century style. Or actually yeah, 17th I, as well. I was, yeah. uh, I got an email from somebody who sort of knows their stuff who, who said, you you know, start looking for, you know, stuff that you're not going to, that's not going to be in stores. Look for gas prices to go up. Look for a lot of yeah. stuff like that, that Gas prices, especially, I guess gas prices will suddenly be $5 a gallon in a, in a few weeks. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. I suspect not. Oh, I think, I think, I think that there are always um, unforeseen consequences. I think, I think a small, well, relatively, I, I, maybe it's not actually a small thing. It's a pretty big thing that's happening, but um, these things can have a, a ripple that you would not necessarily expect. You know, it's when you back up that much, of that much shipping, you know, it's it's going to affect a lot of stuff. Like I'm thinking about pro new product launches where you're you're shipping massive amounts of, of product from one side of the, yeah. the globe to the other, and suddenly, oh, we don't have our inventory. We can't launch that new thing. So then, who does that affect? And you know, I don't. Mm -hmm. know. Anyway, it's yeah, it's, it's all the stuff that's behind there. I mean, all the stuff that's made in India and Bangladesh and. Um, you know, uh, and Vietnam and, you know, other places like that that might be on that boat. They're not going anywhere. I suppose, I think it's coming from China, but uh, I suspect it's not purely Chinese goods. It doesn't matter because the rest of what's backed up behind it is from everywhere. Yeah. It's got to be, yep, yep, yep. It's, it's bad. It is bad. <laughs> it is it's bad. bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So have you seen the site? So what is it called? Let me see. Oh, I just had it up. Is the ship still stuck.com? Uh, no, that's. I have found thing. it quite, quite. Yes, is that and it's the big heading at the top. Is that ship still stuck? Yes, it's been like this for three days, twelve hours, and forty-seven minutes. It has cost us thirty-four billion so far, according to that site, and it's apparently We're, pulling data from the New York Times. Is the ship still stuck? Um, it, it's interesting when, when we speak of the the first person plural. You know, uh, are we still this? Are we still that? I've, I'm, who are we? Yeah, what we <laughs> it's a, collectively well, who's, I, who's 34 billion is it exactly? It's probably uh, what a I little, look up is know, this. I'm sorry. What I look up is this shit still stuck. What I get is what do you do when you have impacted stool? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Every okay, it's it's, it's the, the ship, not the it's ship. the number four <laughs> item is is the uh, cargo ship blocking. We could take weeks to move. Uh. Okay, there you go. Company working to dislodge says it could take weeks. So there's one company working on that. Yeah. Oh, I see. They've got they've got cables hooked up to it. That's a smart thing, I guess. They're they're they want to they want to pull it with cables. 
that are hooked up to whatever the anchor <laughs> comes down from in the front of the from the in the front of the boat. Um, so I guess I mean this, this impacts Europe and 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 the UK more than it impacts us, I would think. But but yeah. still, I mean. You know, if you're waiting, I, I, I'm imagining there's a, a lot of trade happening between, for example, India and, and Europe, India and the UK, China and the UK, China and Europe. And it's just, it's just sitting there. Just yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's interesting. The thing is 13. Or going around the Cape of Good Hope, one yeah, or the other. It's 1,300 feet long. A, a, a good friend of mine who works, who worked in container cargo, he was the treasurer, uh, or a treasurer for American President Lines (APL), and uh, he he wrote to tell me that they, um, he he worked on financing what was at the time the biggest boat in the world, and this wasn't that long ago. This is like in the '90s or something like that. He says this is four times bigger than that one, <laughs> so yeah. it's it's a it's a big ass boat. It's also yeah. too big for the. I think this one is 59 meters wide, whereas the new new Neo Panamax. Panamax is, was the word for the label for boats made to go through the, pan, the the maximum size for the Panama Canal, which I think was 110 feet across, something like that. Uh, so all the cruise boats, no matter how big they got, couldn't be wider than like 110 feet, whatever the number was. But the Neo Panamax is bigger than that. I think it's like 55 meters across, um, but this one's 59, something like that. Um, well, I guess I wonder if they going forward they change, you know, how the size of the maximum size that they allow through the canal. You know, you've got to do something. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think you know part of the obviously part of the idea with the Panama Canal is just to allow through uh, bigger boats. But the Suez is a you know a wider canal. It's also longer. It's 110 miles, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, and you, you've been to Israel many times. I've, I've only been, been once, maybe. but that's the closest I ever came. I've never yeah, been to I've Egypt. Been... I think I've it's, finally uh, been to Israel enough times that I've lost count. It's, yeah. been, it's been so many times that I've lost count. So it's yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I I can I can count one. <laughs> so that's pretty easy. I like Israel. Uh, it's a nice. I mostly because of the food. Really, yeah. really good food. Good technology too. I happened to be there once when there was a technology event that brought young inventors out onto the main boulevard in Tel Aviv to show all their stuff. And it was so cool. It was, I can't remember the name of the event to be honest, but it was, a, I think it was a pretty big deal in, in Israel as a whole. Yeah, it was you know, a kindernet. In... No, it wasn't uh, that. I would uh, remember that, but anyway, it was really cool. I mean, they were working on all kinds of really cool robotics and, and um, even like medical technology. Like there somebody was demoing a, a test kit, a portable test kit for food allergens, which is actually just, you know, really cool. Um, anyway, a lot of 3D printing. This was, this was several years ago. So it's at the time, what was very exciting at the time may not be anymore, but anyway, it was, it, you know, there's a cool sort of technical innovative uh, vibe happening there most of the time. Anywho, um, yeah, meanwhile, yeah. over on this side of the globe, <laughs> we have our own, uh, our own blocked, uh, waterway, <laughs> <laughs> metaphorical waterway. We're trying to block them. I don't really know how to construct that metaphor, yeah. so I think I'm going to yeah, skip it. It's but, probably is um, the, well, you could you could go with a rectal one, I suppose. Uh, oh my! <laughs> um, 
Yes, I could. You're talking about the hearings today. The, yes, the, the useless yes, hearings. A constipation yes. reference seems appropriate. There. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't even yeah, know why. It, 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 it's, yeah, it's a still full of shit one, uh, which is very, very full of shit. I, yeah. So, so we're we're um, we're all we're, we're all three CEOs there. Was that the? I believe so. Yes, all three CEOs. So we've got Zuckerberg. Uh, uh, Jack Dorsey was there for Twitter. Um, yeah. The guy from Google, can't remember. Yeah, his no, name. that's his name. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> that's terrible. Everyone, yeah. you know, we it, always go to Zuckerberg. It's not the, the other most... two guys. It's that guy. Yes. The guy, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Apologies to the CEO of Google. Yeah, but that's, that's <laughs> can't remember that's your the, name that's because you're not thing. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yes, is it Sundar Pinchai? I think it's pronounced that. Sundar Pinchai. Yeah. I, I so I, I I have to just bring up something that's sort of related maybe, which is that I don't think CEOs know what's going on. I think you need to get lower level people in, the the ones that could get fired and all that. Uh, I, I I I think CEOs are overrated as as mm-hmm. interesting yeah. people. I I think they're. I mean, I do. I go to. I've been to so many conferences where the CEO of all these different things are going to be there. And often, you know, I know people who are underlings in the same company who are much more interesting and will have more interesting mm-hmm. things to say. <clears throat> they may not say it on stage uh, and all that, but w- w- would I rather talk to uh, Jeff Bezos or or to Werner Vogels? Uh, you know, he's the guy that thought up uh, Amazon Web Services and and the cloud and all that stuff and and administered that, and he's still involved with it. I. I know him a little bit better than I know uh, Bezos, meaning that I've seen him at more conferences <laughs> and mm-hmm. talked to him more. Um, I mean, my all my conversation with Bezos is back before it mattered uh, fully. I mean, he was big, but he wasn't as big as he is now by a long shot. Right. I was like in the 90s and the early on. About books? <laughs> yeah, about books. I think the last time I saw him was 2010 at a thing. Uh, and when he kind of scowled at some idea I had, <laughs> but he was friendly. Uh, but but Werner is a really interesting dude. And he's, and, you know, he invented something that the world really does depend on now. And I think it's got problems too, which are actually, you know, close to what these guys were called on the carpet for, which is, are you responsible? You know, are, yeah. are you actually responsible for something that you may not actually be able to act on because, you know, you've, you've absorbed a lot of the way the world works socially and, and people lie all the time. And people try to make trouble all the time. And how can you possibly begin to control all of that while simply enabling conversation? How do you do that? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, so, so what you just say though, that's, that's the question. I mean, I think what's more interesting than even the, the outcome of the hearing or hearings was the, the, the reason for them in the first place. And that is like, really who is, who's responsible for disinformation? Who's responsible for it? Who, who should be held accountable? You know, if anyone. And I think that's an interesting question. Like, I think that, you know, we talked about this earlier, but we, we, a lot of us, and I don't, us meaning, I don't know, humans, humans with opinions, we've been getting bogged down in section 230 for months. And and frankly, I'm just going to say it. We we were talking about it before it was cool a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Now, but it, but it's like, it's a constant, constant uh, uh, topic of conversation right now. But I, I think, I think we're missing the point. And, and, and I think you've got a lot of people that aren't 
well enough informed and you know i'm one of those people spouting off about you know section 230 and 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 regulation and all of this stuff when really the the um the question is just is just you know who, who do we point fingers at and why you know like um i mean and do do we have a collective responsibility to just not be stupid and or do stupid things like if a bunch of like i think you know I, i've seen it written a, a few places like um, this hearing was the first time that representatives from these tech companies have, have sort of been questioned or have spoken out after the January uh, raid on the Capitol. Um, but, you know, so if a bunch of crazy people on Twitter tell you to go raid the Capitol, isn't it really up to you to like not do it? Is it, is it Twitter's fault? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that, 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 that I, uh, you know, I have a little bit of a trouble with that. And something else we were talking about just as a kind of a conversation starter was, so we, I'm a huge fan of Evan Greer, who, who we've had on the podcast. Highly recommend checking out um, that episode. I can't remember the number, but I will definitely link to it. Uh, anyway, so Evan tweeted, most of the Capitol rioters had smartphones. Were Apple and AT&T partially responsible for the violence? Please answer yes or no, which I thought was hysterical because, I mean, obviously the, the point of that is just the absurdity of answering a question like that, number one, with a yes or no answer. And two, like, really? Like, is it, is it, Apple's, is it Apple's fault that a bunch of rioters, car- you know, because a bunch of rioters carried iPhones? I mean, obviously, I'm sure, yes, they were coordinating a lot of uh, facets of the attack via an iPhone or possibly over, you know, a- AT&T's signal. Or how do you decide who is responsible? Well, it, it, it actually, the answers to that are kind of interesting because, you know, you know, one person says no. I would have just said no. Um, I didn't even bother because it was obvious. Sure. But I mean, the first person reply, well, does either have does either company have a written policy aimed at preventing offline harm? And it's nuanced. And the other one, next one says, um, I think no. Uh, it's, you know, and no, but it doesn't mean they couldn't have done more. Come on. I mean, yeah, what it, the hell can Apple do? I mean, really, they can't. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. That's Your ridiculous. phones are personal. And if you use them, you use them for personal purposes. I, I don't want my phone to be a tentacle of Apple or of or of uh, uh, or of Amazon or frankly of any of the apps that are on it. It's mine. Uh, if I commit a crime with it, then it's I'm responsible for that, and they are not. Uh, but it, but but going back to to, to Section two thirty, um, I mean here is all of Section two thirty. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as a publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider, which you're kind of bored by the reading the end of that. But the, the interesting thing about it was that in the beginning, it was possible for individuals to really easily have a platform of their own. Um, the blogs were in the beginning, because certainly you could blog at the beginning. I, I did. It didn't were called blogs back then. But um, but I wrote on the internet starting in 95 or 96. And, uh, and in fact, the first, the first thing I wrote was something called Reality 2.0, actually. It was a, my little collection was Reality 2.0. And, but I could be sued. But, but what this did, what it didn't anticipate was that 99.9x percent of all personal expression on the internet will happen on, a, on an interactive computer service. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what both, you know, as Cory Doctorow pointed out, 
you know, people on both the right and the left are wanting to alter that to say these guys actually can be responsible in some ways, you know, then and uh, I think it's I think Section 230 is just fine as it is. It actually because it did protect the thing on which most of us actually do write online. Um, we're able to express ourselves if you and and here's an important thing. I mean, you know, what is disinformation? I mean, we talked about it. Two, two episodes ago. Yeah, to, to, to uh, definitely check that one out. Too. And yeah, a lot of people are checking it out and it's good. But it, it's, I mean, a disinformation is just a, um, how many is a disinformation? It's a five syllable way of saying a lie. Okay, you're mm -hmm. lying. You're lying on purpose. There is an, uh, there's a commandment for this, you know, don't bear false witness against your neighbor, right? Isn't that what it says roughly? I have to go and mm -hmm. check my Moses. But I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, that that's what was carved on the tablet, right? That, you know, don't, don't lie. I mean, basically don't lie. And yet everybody does, you know, it, we, we all do. And it's part of the way that we get along in the world. And some, some of it's to mislead people, some of it's to protect people. Um, some of it's malicious, some of it's not it's really hard to say. You can't make a two by two out of it. it there's, there are too many dimensions to what it can be. So, you know, I, I, obviously, you know, these outfits do bear some responsibility, but I, I, and I don't know what these people said, you know, what, uh, what the three CEOs said to, said to Congress. I'm sure it was beyond careful and I'm sure it was nothing. I mean, I'm sure it basically came down to nothing. Well, um, I think the, the essential part is that Jack Dorsey basically said, yes, they bear some responsibility and the others didn't. That was, I think, the main yeah. takeaway, and which, well, which is interesting, too, because, you know, you can kind of figure out why that might be. But Well, and, um, and, and I think that's one reason why it, it's interesting, because, I mean, he's the first one to have actually, you know, kicked some kicked Trump off, kicked off yeah. as, you know, the, the biggest one. And I mean, the biggest the, the biggest tweeter he had, I suppose, is it? Uh, at least in terms of influence and interest. Uh, and he did take responsibility. I mean, he says, this guy lies a lot and I'm going to kick him off, right? And, yeah. you know, and Trump and his friends Which are saying, no, right. free speech, we need to be able to speak freely. Well, you know, he was doing a lot of, you know, yelling fire in a crowded theater, as it were, and and making worse trouble than that. Uh, and, and he and does free speech is, in fact, the ability of Jack Dorsey to kick him off of his platform. I, it, it's that, that too. Dorsey's I mean, it, it's certainly, you know, it's his, it's his, right i suppose as a as a business to choose who he's going to do business with and who he's not who he's going to kick out of the store and who he's not you know i mean every business kind of has that right as well if you feel one of your customers or somebody who is working in the back is being disruptive you can tell them to to get out but i mean that's i mean that's simplistic in a way but it's i don't think it's a very nuanced thing i think that there's i mean it, Twitter is, I, Twitter is a much simpler service than either, a simpler business than either uh, Facebook or, or Google. And it's a significantly smaller than both of them as well. Uh, the interesting thing to me about Facebook, and I've said this a number of times, I have not been proven right at all, and I may never be proven right, but I think they're fatally flawed. They have to dive to prove my point, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But all tech companies have you know, they, they kind of have the life expectancy of a rocket, you know, I mean, they kind of launch up into space and then some parts fall to earth when, when it's over. 
you know, nothing lasts forever. And, and I think that the fatal flaw for Facebook is that what they are designed for, which is to drive engagement, is going to drive everything that's both good and bad about human behavior. And, and the tendency we have to gossip and the tendency we have to, you know, to say bad things and do bad things is given, is given away, is not only given a place and a way to do it, but, but has an algorithm to, to drive up emotion because that's where engagement goes. Engagement goes to emotion. I get angry at that. Uh, that makes me happy. I can put a like on there. I can crap on it. All of those things are, are emotional and they're what get us engaged. And, and a lot of us are activated by politics or we're activated by partisanships of uh, less harmful kinds like sports uh, um, affiliations and so forth. But you know they have an, they have algorithms for driving up engagement and 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 it's not just to p- push advertising at people they are they are trying to make people more social that's what Facebook is doing and they're successful at it and, and you know most of it I think is harmless if you're I mean I I may have said this before but all of the groups that I'm a member of are 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 the most off the wall and mundane things. I mean, the one I'm most active on is called, I take pictures of transmitter sites. That's, you know, cause I do that. And, and there are like 14,000 members of that there. Most of them are just broadcast engineers. And the guy who runs it says no politics. And so politics never comes in there. And, and I know a number of people there that are very political but they're not political there. And it's a harmless group. And, and, and you could create it very easily. There are uh, uh, countless high school, you know, uh, reunions and college reunions that are that are organized on Facebook that are, are are positive things. They're not harmful at all. But the thing that drives up engagement, the algorithms that drive up engagement, drive up everything that's wrong. I can't. I don't know how to fix that. I and if and I think if they suddenly become responsible for it, fully responsible for everything that anybody could object to. You know, if they're if they are if they are vulnerable to cancel culture, they are canceled. <laughs> that's what that's what happens to them as a as an organization, and I, I don't see that happening actually. But they're vulnerable to that. So there's so many places I want to go with this. Okay, so yeah, so I think you know a couple of episodes ago, our episode, our, our discussion about disinformation. I th- I think we determined that definitely some can be quite harmful. Um, so you, I, I think you. Ha- it's worth considering the scale of the disinformation. For example, I have a pretty small audience. You know, I don't, I'm sure some people listen to me. You have a bigger one. Neither of us are Trump. We do not have that level of a following. And, but, you know, so, so if I say something that is potentially harmful or misleading, you know, it probably doesn't do do that much harm. And if you, if you do, I I suspect the same is true. It's not going to harm a lot of people for you to say something, but, but at some level, you know, when does the responsibility to actually act or restrict or, or something kick in? So there's that. And then there's, there are other dynamics too. And, and that's the source of the disinformation. So, you know, for the most part, we're not even, you know, so, so some of it may be uh, the work of an organized effort. Some of it is just perpetuation of nonsense for whatever reason you know, either political affiliation or, or whatnot. But I think there's another thing and that's, that's, you know, actual like state actors, which is again, something that we talked about a couple episodes ago, but yeah. 
you see a lot, I'm, I feel like I'm seeing a lot more of what I would classify as disinformation bots there. It's automated content by, by mm -hmm. an account that's pretty new, doesn't have probably every single thing that is, is posted. There's a lot of uh, anti-vax, uh, anti-vaccination right. disinformation that's being perpetuated right. that way. I happen to notice something, something today. Um, and the problem is people, you know, they people that are actually like prominent, intelligent people will get riled up with this BS that's perpetuating by perpetuated by these accounts that are probably not real people. Um, mm -hmm. But then, and then they'll respond and then it'll get a lot of attention. And then that whatever was initially posted by a bot, you know, gets widely disseminated because of a, a person with a larger audience that has responded to it, even if it, they're responding to it, you know, critically and hypercritically. Um, the fact that it's then out there and being perpetuated even more provides some social proof to people on the fringe that will then latch on to whatever the extreme idea is. And then it, you know, it, it snowballs from there. So, so that's a thing. And then the other thing that, that I'm thinking about based on everything that you just said was um, advertising revenue. Because again, like even mm -hmm. our last episode, it was all about, you know, uh, surveillance marketing, basically privacy initiatives related yeah. to it, but ultimately about, you know, the fact that our hands, you know, our privacy in the hands of <laughs> many times of a bunch of marketers and Aaron chairs, I believe was uh, Don Martin. Yeah, it was Don's. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. But yeah, so 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 who who bears the responsibility there? I mean, that's really what's driving all of this engagement, right? It's it's ad money. Why, you know, what's in it for Facebook to, you know, um, uh, play off of people people's emotions and encourage this engagement? Well, it's it's ad dollars and eyeballs. So so to that end, are are the advertisers responsible? You know, like who's responsible then? Well, like, you know, I I would say no personally because they're. You know, if it were in almost all cases, I mean, they talk about brand safety. What brand safety is about is not is not being responsible for that stuff. They don't want to be on an objectionable page or and, in, next unless to unless you sell pillows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess <laughs> can I go there? Pillows, I don't know. You know? Can I go there? Um, but that <laughs> so but but consider this for example. So I mean, if let's say that Facebook tomorrow said we're actually dropping the advertising model. We're going to go all subscription. Now they're not going to do this, but let's say they do. Let's say they say, we've worked the numbers and um, geez, you know, you're spending all this time on Facebook. You're spending more time on Facebook than you're spending watching Netflix. We're going to charge the same amount. And if we end up with just 200 million or 300 million subscribers at five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, that'd be great. And we're not going to, um, we're not going to do advertising anymore. Are they going to stop doing the algorithmic nudging? No, they're going to continue doing the algorithmic nudging because that's what makes them social. They're right. just going to and amp, they're going to continue doing that. Yeah. It gives right? them more subscribers instead of more advertisers. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, um, you know, so, so that'll still be there. And it, and, and basically they're, they're going to be about, they're going to be about human beings doing what human beings do. And it's not just being, uh, social with your friends from high school. It's going to be people saying all kinds of crap that's not true because that's what gets them going. Uh, like the anti-vaxxers, for example. You know, I mean, it's we've had vaccines around for a long time. The anti-vax movement was nothing for a very long time. And now it's this big thing. 
you know, right at a time when we really need people to take the damn vaccine, which is amazing, you know, but um, I'll say, by the way, I've had both shots and they did nothing to me that I could tell it was anything bad at all, at all. Oh yeah. Nothing. I I actually have two. I've had both shots. Yeah. Actually, you know, I never, I didn't talk about them at the time because I am, well, I'm a private person. I don't like, yeah. I don't like to talk about anything medical. I, it's never something that I'm going to talk about. But yeah. in this case, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I think everybody should do. And, and I did it. And I have, I've had them both. Um, my arm was sore. I felt a little tired. That's yeah, my it. wife's arm was sore terrible. too. Mine, I, I, I had trouble remembering which arm it was because I did, you know, I did both arms, <laughs> actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Speaking, that reminds me, you know, we, so we were talking about the Suez Canal earlier yeah. um, and Israel a little bit. And that's actually something that's really interesting. So since because I have family there, um, I have followed, you know, the their vaccine rollout very closely. And, and, and probably everyone in the world has because they're they've they've literally been the world's guinea pigs. They're so far ahead. And it's, it's very interesting. Very, very yeah, they, well, they've they're behaving normally within the borders, right? They're a little bit like New Zealand and, and Australia where they've isolated a great deal. Isn't that what they've done? I mean, yes and no. I mean, they've had some pretty severe, severe they spikes in some, cases. Yeah. I mean, before, yeah. it, it, even just as they started rolling out the vaccines, they were in the middle of a massive, massive up, uptick in cases. That's come way, way down now. And, and but but any any sign of even a little bit of, uh, of, of, uh, crisis and they shut everything down i mean they just shut it down i think i think um i could be wrong but i think that their death rate has been lower mm-hmm. um i'm not sure i mean they you know they have pretty solid medical facilities there but uh yeah, yeah anyway it's been very interesting to, to watch that and just to kind of see you know where hopefully i guess where the rest of us will be and to see the information that's come out of uh israel just because so much of their population is already done with, with the vaccine. Yeah, I, we have a an out of control kind of controlled like study going on with so many countries approaching it differently, so many states approaching mm-hmm. it differently, so many healthcare systems approaching it differently, um, uh, so many different sources of of wisdom and experience. Uh, one of my favorite writers on this, she's by far the best, is Zainab. Uh, to fetchy um uh and she had a piece yesterday she's probably written more coherently on this than anybody else who has a newsletter out there anyway Lori garrett's also very good she's been on tv a lot um and she's written books about pandemic zainab is not but um she said here are 10 questions that that should have been asked at at um at biden's press conference about what the plans are by the feds. And, and it, she said one or two of them got asked, the rest of them were not. But they were all basically, these are more variables in, within our potential knowledge of what this thing is about. I mean, I, I was listening to something yesterday saying, well, you know, you've had the vaccine. That means if you get it, you will not get as sick. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, no, it's about what happens after you get it. I don't even know if that's true. Does it mean I don't get it? Does it mean that I, I could have it? I'm supposed to be traveling uh, shortly and for the first time in well over a year. And um, uh, and I have to have a, a test. Is it to go to Hawaii? 
and I have to have a test from, you know, and within a certain period of time, I've already paid for it. It was not cheap uh, in order to do this flying. And um, it's pretty, you know, and, and, but even there, it's like, you know, I, I, I just I had an exchange with somebody who said he had a friend who went to Hawaii and he had the test from the wrong party and they put him on a plane and flew him right back to Texas or someplace. I saw that. That was on Twitter. Was that on Twitter? Facebook? Yeah, it was I on feel Twitter. like I saw this story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's and funny I didn't how they show you how, what you I, well, see on Twitter and well, what you don't. Yeah. But it, it turns out there's nothing from, I couldn't find anything from the state of Hawaii about this. I could find stuff from, Hawaiian Airlines, from other airlines. And there's a lot of information that was from private parties of one kind or another, including the healthcare provider that will provide me with this thing, right? Mm -hmm. But none of the, but there was not a string I could pull through all those pearls. Uh, Nowhere though could I find that only four were permitted. I mean, that's what the tweet said, that there were only four possible testing organizations that were allowed. So, you know, but it reminds me of what my old friend Craig Burton said that, you know, that you can trust firsthand information. He said he he gave 50% trust to firsthand information, which is you tell me something. And like no trust to secondhand information, (laughs) right? And that was secondhand information right there. Right. And the third hand is like less than zero like just fully suspected. Yeah. So you should definitely not trust this, but I did read an Israeli study suggesting <laughs> based on that, the data that they have had at that point, which is pretty recent, um, that does suggest that it prevents infection, not just symptomatic disease, that it was, you know, they're finding hope. that yeah. their symptomatic disease numbers are roughly the same as the, as the Pfizer trials. So, so Israel is all Pfizer. Um, mm-hmm. But they've also found that it's almost, I want to say, so the, the, the big number is in the 90s, the 90 something percent, it's 90 something percent effective at preventing uh, symptomatic disease. But they're also finding, or they did at that point. It works for 90 people out of 100. Is that what that means? Right. I mean, 90 people out of 100 won't show symptoms. Okay. 90 people out of 100 that got the vaccine won't show symptoms. Um, Mm. But that's different than not getting the disease, right? So, right. So, but, but they're based on whatever data set they had at the time. And I don't know the sample size or, you know, any of that. Um, or I can't recall it off the top of my head anyway, but the number was in the eighties for preventing actual infection. So the, you know, 80% of the time people who got vaccinated did not 80% of the pop, the vaccinated population did not, um, have any distinction. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so sense. that's you know interesting. That makes me feel a little bit better about all of this. But you know, I don't know. I mean, I you know, who, what do I know? I'm certainly not a scientist. I'm not qualified to make these judgments. But you know, what what can we all do other than decide whether we want to be optimistic or not, and decide what our own risk tolerance is? And it's 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 difficult. You know, it's it's difficult. Yeah. Do you, want, do you want to call it a show or? A, yeah, uh, we could call it a show. We could call it a show. We'd really love to have people suggest guests, suggest co- topics, um, ask questions, provide answers to questions that may have come up. Um, we'd like engagement. Yeah, and we've gotten some, and we and thank you 
for the people who have written to us. And if we haven't written you back yet, I apologize. And I will get on that. <laughs> we'll get mm-hmm. right on that. Um, so thanks. If you've made it this far, thanks for joining us again. And we will uh, talk at you next time. <laughs>